Welcome to the OKC First podcast. Together, we're learning to do three things. Friendship with God. Friendship with one another. And open friendship for the sake of the world. For more information about OKC First, please visit OKCFirst.com. Today's scripture comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 1 through 3 and 11b through 32. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. And he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property and dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to be one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. And he would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare, and here I am dying of hunger? I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion, and he ran out and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly, bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet, and get the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. The slave replied, your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you. I have never disobeyed your command, yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours comes back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. And the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. This is the word of the Lord. Pastor John, thanks for your very kind words. I was listening in back there. And uh, I just am so grateful for the opportunity to bring this passage before all of us this morning. I love being a pastor here, and I love being a pastor, part of our pastoral team. So thanks so much. I want to say thanks to a few uh, guests who are here today. I have been the chaplain for Southern Nazarene University men's and women's golf team. And if you are here, you got to stand up, guys. Come on, women and men, if you're here. If you've, if you've been part of the SNU men's and women's golf team, now or in the past, stand up. Welcome, my friends. You guys can sit down. 
Uh, my other friends who are here, I'm not going to ask you to stand. I'm not going to point you out that much, but I don't mind picking on my guys. So it's a, it's a treat to be in front of you this morning. Right now, we're in the middle of a sermon series called Desolation. And that is, that is a term from St. Ignatius of Loyola. Right now, we're in what's called the season of Lent, this 40-day journey from Ash Wednesday until Easter. And we're in this moment called Desolation. When we get to Easter Sunday, it's going to be Consolation. Those two terms are from, again, St. Ignatius of Loyola. And the best image that you can have for desolation are these closed fists. When everything is turned inward and you cut yourself off from community. The great picture of love and consolation are these open hands. And with open hands, there's a chance for you to look up outside of yourself and to a brighter and bigger horizon. Now, it's more about a heart condition than it is your life situation. Things can be going really good, and you can still be in desolation. Things can be going really awful, and you can be in consolation. So again, it's more of your heart condition than it is your life situation. We're going to be talking more about this throughout the rest of Lent and Holy Week and Easter, and we're really looking forward to some of the things we have planned for this. I want to say thank you to some of my friends who went through me, with me through the Heart Pass training about 10 years ago when I learned to be a spiritual director. It's these terms that have stuck with me for those 10 years. Again, the easiest way to describe it, desolation and consolation. God has given us an amazing passage of Scripture today. What an amazing parable. You guys, I'm so excited and I'm so nervous Jesus oftentimes talked in parables. They were a chance for him to use a situation in normal life to get you to rethink things, to reconsider your life, a chance for you to change. It was the way that he taught often. And sometimes in the parables, we're not even sure what the answer is. And like most metaphors, they do break down at some point, but I want you to just stick with me today. I do have one disclaimer about the message today. This parable and sermon does acknowledge the existence of the Bible Times understanding of the existence of slaves and slavery. Now, I just want to say at the, at the out front, I am not pro-slavery. This is an anti-slavery church. I, I, and in the past, people have used the Bible to justify slavery. But I, there's been a verse this week that we read in Disciple. How can you just, how many of you have been through Disciple with me these last 10 years? Oh my goodness. We went through Romans this week, and there was a verse that came this week in our time in Disciple. And it has been a verse that has been captured me through the passage of Luke 15. And it goes like this. It's from Romans 8, verses 15 and 17. So I want you today to keep in mind desolation and consolation, but also these words in Romans 8. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very Spirit bearing witness to our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. Now, the story that God has given us today in the lectionary is not the only story in Scripture, but it sure is a good one. I'm so grateful that God has given me this opportunity and that you as a church have loved me for these 20 years. 
could you pray for me as we begin this day? And I know John has. But I'm just going to see a, a sweet prayer. And then Tamara's going to sing an original song that she has written, composed, that takes in that feeling of desolation. And I want you to hear that before we hear from the prodigal son. Let's pray. Jesus, we open up our hands and open up our hearts to you. Amen. You can remain seated as we sing through this song. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Love is a war and no one ever I should have known, don't let anyone in. I'll do it alone, bear the weight of my sin. Put up my defenses and build all offenses. Sniff out false pretenses, avoid consequences. Guard what is mine. Trust the bottom line, question the divine, don't worry, I'm fine, I'm safe in isolation, kingdom of desolation. I'll push you away as I hold on tight. my fists, I'm ready to fight. I'll keep my head down as I walk through the night. I'll carry the pain in exchange to be
Let me tell you a story from my perspective. It's the story of desolation and consolation. It's the story of grace. It happened a few thousand years ago, so it's not a recent event that you've seen on TikTok. So like most of history, I've had some time to think about it. And man, have I thought about this story. And this is how I remember it today. When I was young and more than a bit foolish, I came to my dad and I did something that was unimaginable in my culture. I told my dad I wanted all of my inheritance. And guess what? He gave it to me. He split up half of all he had and gave me my half, and he was going to save the other half for my older brother. Now, that was essentially like in that culture's day and time, like telling everyone, including my dad, that I wished he was dead. And I didn't care, because my life was all about me, and I took off. I wanted to go where nobody knew my name. I was never going to live up to the perfection of my older brother, and I was never going to be good enough to please my dad. See, we had this phrase around the house when I was growing up. I'm not sure if I... I'm not sure if I understood it at the time, or to be honest, even if I understand it now. My dad said it all the time. My mind about you is made up, and the news is good. But I was never going to be good enough. And I began to justify that phrase, to do whatever I wanted, knowing that there was grace there and my dad was going to love me anyway. So I just said, I can do whatever I want, and my dad's going to love me. So I took off. I embodied that selfishness, and I lived my life only for myself. And I got to say, it was pretty exhilarating at first. But over time, over time, I lost everything. I lost everyone. And I was completely and utterly alone. No one knew my last name. No one knew my story. I'd run out of my friends because I'd run out of my money. And to survive, I took a job at a pig farm. Do you guys know how much Jews hate pigs? Not only, not only could I not eat pork, I couldn't eat the food that the pork was eating. That was not for me. Have you heard of the phrase unclean? I was the most uncleanest person you could ever be. And it was when I was at the lowest of my lows. When I was with the mud, with the unclean pigs. That this phrase came back to me from my dad. My mind about you is made up, and the news is good. And I began to think, what if it's true? 
What if I could go back to my dad? And what if, what if I could come home? So I began to have these practice imaginary conversations with my dad. I'm going to say this, and then he'll say this, and I'll respond with this. These imaginary scenarios. Has any of you ever done that where you play out these imaginary scenarios in your head? And I got the phrase down. It was this. Okay. I sort of began to say over and over, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your slaves. Because, see, my dad had slaves back home that were better off than I was in the mud pit. And I began to practice that line. I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your slaves. And I started the long walk back home. I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your slaves. Over and over again. I wondered if my dad would even recognize me. I knew the way back home, but I didn't know what was going to happen. But you guys, guess what? The next part is the very best part. But I'm going to let my dad tell that part. It's his favorite part too. But first, I want you to hear this song, and I want you to, in a moment, sing this song. I think they wrote it about me. Or maybe they wrote it about my dad. I'm not sure. But before you get to hear from my dad, I think my brother is going to share too. But I haven't seen him in a while. Let me tell you a story from my perspective. It's a story of desolation. It happened oh, a few thousand years ago, so it's not been live tweeted or seen on Instagram live. And so like most of history, I've had some time to think about it, and I've really thought about this story. And this is how I remember it. Now, say you had this loser of a younger brother who couldn't get anything right, pretty much a screw-up his whole life, and his, busy, busy, his most significant screw-up of all time was he took all of his inheritance and he took off. It was like he wished my dad was dead. It was inexcusable. But my dad just let him go. He didn't chase after him. He didn't even scold him. He just let him go with open hands. Every day I watched my dad get up, put his slippers on and a cardigan. He'd grab a cup of coffee and he'd look out. It was like he was lost, hurt. My dad cried every day because of my dumb little brother. Every day, my dad would look out on the horizon. I finally asked him, what are you looking for? And he said to me, you know who I'm looking for, your little brother, my son. There's no way that my dumb brother knew how much he hurt my dad every single day. And you know what? My dumb brother finally showed up on the horizon. But I wasn't there. I was out working for my dad alongside of his slaves like I did every single day. But I heard some music off in the distance, like a party. And we hadn't had a party in years. 
So I asked one of my slaves, one of the slaves I was working alongside, to go find out what was going on. And you know what? I bet you all guessed it. My dumb brother had come home. So my dad sees that I'm there, and he comes out, and he begs me to go into the party. He tried to tell me how much he loved me, and how everything that was his was mine. But didn't my dad get what my little brother had done? All of his money was gone. Prostitutes and more prostitutes, I bet. I even heard he was living with pigs. Unclean. Disgusting. That's it. That's the word. Disgust. See, we had this word, this saying, this phrase around the house when I was a kid. I'm not sure I fully understood it at the time. or Maybe I even don't understand it now. My dad would always say this, my mind about you is made up, and the news is good. You know what? That's great. Then why in the world am I doing all these good works for my dad? Why be the good son if there's no rewards for me? Why be the good son if my dad will love me even if I'm like my loser of a brother? If there isn't hell to pay, for not doing the right thing, why am I doing the right thing at all? It's confusing, and it's frustrating, and it has left me bitter and full of resentment. My mind about you is made up, and the news is good. Yeah, right. I'm not going to that party. Let me tell you a story from my perspective, a story of desolation and consolation, a story of grace. See, it happened a few thousand years ago, and like most of history, I've had a chance to think about it, and I've thought about this one a lot. You probably haven't seen this one on Facebook, but I just can't wait to tell it. This is how I remember it now. See, I have two sons. You've seen them. They both look a little like me, don't they? (laughs) I love those See, we had this saying around this house when the boys were young. I'm not sure they fully understood it, what it meant at the time, or maybe even if they understand now, but I told them all the time, my mind about you is made up, and the news is good. See, it was my intention that the whole boy's life, their whole life story would be a story of grace, and that that phrase would define their lives. But I think they missed grace on both sides. See, one missed grace thinking he could do whatever he wanted. And the other missed grace by thinking he could earn my love by doing all the right things. My hope is that my kids wouldn't be slaves to sin or a slave to the rules 
I wanted them to be heirs, sons, children. To know that all that I had was theirs and that I had given myself to them and for them. You see, grace isn't just a get-out-of-jail-free card. There's a judgment of grace. Grace calls you to a new way of life, not out of bitterness and resentment, but out of gratitude and responsibility. It's a response of love that is motivated by love, not obligation or duty. The fullness of grace gives you the freedom to love God and neighbor, to not be focused on yourself, but to move from desolation to consolation, to be loved and to love. And yet I think it's easy to miss grace on both sides, and you end up in a ditch on either side of the road. But I hope you can always hear my faint voice, if you find yourself in the ditch of perfection-seeking where you're a slave to the rules, or if you're in the ditch of selfishness, of dissolute living, and a slave to sin. My sons, they think they're so different. One with a Hawaiian shirt and backwards cap, and the other in his fancy tuxedo. They think they're so different, but they're really the same. They're living like slaves, both of them, and not beloved sons. They're living in desolation, and I'm calling them both home. My son in the tuxedo, he told you about the time his little brother came home, but he wasn't there. You guys, you should have seen it. This old man, I saw my son on the horizon. And I was filled with compassion. I ran and I grabbed him and I hugged him and I kissed him. He had this long speech, I guess, he was preparing. I didn't care. I didn't hear a word of it. My boy, my boy, he come home. He once was lost. And now is found. He was dead, and now he's alive. Can you believe it? You see, there's no greater joy in all the world than for me to stretch out these tired arms and to lay them on the shoulders of my homecoming children. No greater joy. And now I get to wait a bit more for another son to come home and to join the party. I'm sure he'll be home soon, and I'll wait as long as I have to. He'll find his way home. After all, my mind about him is made up, and the news is good. The love of God is 
job of throwing parties and we have one each week it's called the table you're all invited none of you are compelled none of you are forced but you if you know you need God you're invited to this table some of you need to come home you know that and God is calling you home right now some of you are full of bitterness and resentment God is calling you home too We're all children of God. 
And God is calling us home. And he calls us to the table. So here's one more thing. I think we're all called moment by moment, grace by grace, relationship by relationship, to be like the loving Father. To be the ones moving from desolation to consolation. To be moving from closed fists and selfishness to open hands and community. And I think we get there by coming to a party and by eating together. In a few moments, there's going to be an Eucharist usher. And if you are helping serve communion this morning or being one of our ushers, you can take your spaces. And they're going to be telling you it's your time to come down front if you would like. And we take communion here by intention. And what we want you to do is we want you to come down with open hands, just like this. And there'll be someone who will place a piece of matzah bread in your hand. If you could please take that and don't break it, just go ahead and dip it into the juice and and eat a little bit right there. If it's too large, you can just keep eating it on your way back to your seat. It's our hope that we're transformed in these moments. If you're not quite ready for that, our Eucharist ushers will also have one of these um, communion cups. And whenever you're ready, you can take it whenever you're ready after we pray. There's also going to be a chance if you would like to dip your hands in this baptismal waters to remind yourself of your baptism. You can do that too. Our altars will be open during this time and our healing altars will be open. I think that I'm going to pray and then I'll pray prayers of intercession. John, I would love for you to pray a prayer of commissioning for Avarilla and for, um, for Zach. If we do have someone at either a healing altar here where Daniel Moreto will be, maybe Pastor Ken, could you come over here so John could be available to do the commissioning prayer? This is our time of response. And God is calling us home. So just keep listening to the music as we have these moments of preparation. But would you pray along with me as we move towards the table? Jesus, we ask that you would transform these bits of bread and this juice into the means of grace. That you would bless these elements and sanctify them. And as we partake of them today, you would sanctify us. God, we are grateful for the ways in which you've given your life to us. And we respond to that love now. For on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it and he gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat and do this in remembrance of me. And on that same night, he took the cup and he redefined it as a new covenant in his blood given to us for the forgiveness of sins asking his disciples to take and drink in remembrance of me. And so, God, we ask that you would, as we come to the table, as we come home, that you would transform us step by step and grace by grace. We love you. Amen. You'll know it's your turn to come to the table. Let's come to the table together.
think we just have a handful of others taking Eucharist at this time, but would you, would you bow your heads and pray with me? Jesus, we want to thank you for the journey you've taken us on today. And God, we confess that at times in our lives, we have strayed a long way from you, and we've taken advantage of your grace. So God, we ask that you would forgive us and bring us back home. God, we also want to confess that some of us, some of us haven't gotten grace at all and that we think that most of this whole thing is more about what we've done than who you are. And so God, if we're in those shoes this morning, would you forgive us and call us back home? God, we are so grateful that you call us children and heirs. And God, we are grateful for your love. May our lives, may our lives be lived in grateful response to your love and to your grace all the days of our life. Church, I want to thank you for the ways in which you love one another. And I'm going to mention a few names as we pray for a few of our folks who need a specific healing touch from you. And in these moments, would you pray for that need in your life, which is the greatest? It can be for you. It can be for a neighbor or a classmate co-worker. But as I mention a few names, would you pray for those people in your life who, who you know need the help of God? And this is really good timing. As Zach and Avarilla have joined in these spaces, and when I'm done with these moments, Pastor John's going to pray a commissioning prayer for them. You don't have to be shy. You, you can be shy. It's an odd era. But if you don't want to be shy, you can come and lay hands on them if you would like God, we ask that you would specifically be with a few folks. God, we're grateful that James Woolman is here this morning. And ask God that you would bless him. And God, you would continue in the healing of his wife, who's a Baptist hospital. God, we ask that you would touch her and heal her and improve her condition. God, would you draw close to them both? God, we ask for your healing in the life of Scott Peterson. God, would you give him strength and would you come alongside of Katie? God, we ask that you would be with all people who desperately need you, those we know about, those in our city, and those around the world. God, we pray for our pastor, Britt Buller-Jack, as she continues on her sabbatical and look forward to welcoming her home at Easter. God, we ask that you be with all of the brokenhearted and all who need you the most. And we now turn our attention to Zach and Everill. God, in your grace and in your providence, you brought to us a young man by the name of Zach Lucero, who was the right person at the right time to lead our ministry to teens and their families. He's done so beautifully. He's done so faithfully. And then when circumstances changed, you grew Zach so that he could lead us into a different era of our church work. And you continue to grow Zach. And we believe, God, that through Zach, you will continue to lead us into this next chapter where we can have a farther reach so that more and more and more people can hear this incredibly important message that your mind about us is made up and the news is good. So bless Zach and bless Natalie in this next season of ministry. May they know your companionship like never before. 
May his heart be shaped and warmed to communicate in ways that we haven't even thought of yet. Keep him close to your side as he moves through this next part. And God, we pray the same prayer for Avarilla Fleming. We are grateful, God, for all the different ways that you have shaped her, that you have shaped us because of her. Pray, God, that you would continue to do in her what we have seen you do in her, to grow her to a place where she can lead all of us as she has so beautifully and faithfully already. May she know your companionship like never before. May she and Ian know beyond any shadow of doubt that you have placed her here for this season, for this time. We look forward, God, to all the different people who will know of your grace, your unchanging grace, because Avarilla is who you have shaped her to be. So both of these now, God, we put back into your hands, Avarilla, Zach, and their families, knowing that you are going to do something with them that only you can do, and we will all behold it and benefit by it. Thank you, God, for being good to us in the lives of these two. Now, church, if you would join me, the Lord's Prayer will be on the screen here. I want to invite you to pray it with me as we close this season of prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.